All right. I think we're recording. Okay. Once again, uh, Andy Shaw and I are going to do this live. No edits, no re-records, no nothing. We're just going to let it right. fly. We're coming at you naked and raw. Now, naked don't get excited out there, people. That's just the way I like you, Andy. Naked and raw. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> hey, now. Well, yeah, this, that, this show's already turned made a turn for the worst here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey now, uh, anyway, so yeah, here's the, so let's, let's fill people in a little bit. We're late doing one of these and there's a good reason for that. John, it's Sunday, June 4th, and we're talking about first quarter of 2023. (laughs) We are, we are, uh, there's a good reason for that. So first and foremost, poor Yan, um, it was becoming apparent that Yan was having a hard time keeping up with all of it, you know, um, especially the bonus stuff. And I was feeling really guilty recording a lot of bonus stuff. And I still do. I don't, I haven't quite figured it out. I think what I'm going to do is do a lot less book clubs. And um, even though those are the easy ones, because he really just has to put on the intro and outro, but just try and give him less to do, you know, and um so around the time when we had would have recorded this there was a pile a stockpile of bonus material that needed to come out that was a little more urgent and so i thought well let's get that stuff out first and then we'll worry about this well this is also when yan's taking a break now which is a a good good thing for one reason that if we were to do this with Yan, he would insist on editing it and inserting all the music <laughs> yes, and cleaning yes. it up, which is just what he does best and bless his heart. But I don't want to, then I'd have to wait however long it was yeah. until he could do it. You You're know? trying to and be less of a burden, not more of a burden. Exactly. I'm trying to take things off his plate, not add them on. And yes. so I thought, well, Andy and I don't mind doing this live. Let's no. just you and I do this and we'll knock it out while Yan's still on break and um, one less thing for him to worry about. So anyway, he can sit back in Glasgow and sip his un brew. <laughs> un brew. Un brew. And uh, yeah, he I have hardly talked to him during this month off a little bit here and there. Um, and I'm sure he's enjoyed every minute of it, Jim. I think he probably has. I yes. I. uh I don't know. I don't know. I he's a. I love Yan. Obviously, we've known each other for thirty years or whatever. But um, he can be a hard guy to read sometimes because he doesn't. He's such a good soldier that he doesn't expand on his feelings or tell you, you know, I'm I'm kind of busy right now or I'm not going to be able to do this or that or he's not overly communicative because his natural state is to just always say, "Yep, I'm on it." Hey, yep. uh, you're going to be able to get Tuesday's episode out? Yeah, no problem. There's a bu- I got some bonus stuff coming up. Do you think you could do some of that? Sure, no big deal. But then it is a big deal, but he doesn't communicate sure. to you that it's a big deal. And so you don't know. And then things, time goes by, or they come out late, or they don't come out at all. And I sit here thinking, is he okay? I don't even know, because he doesn't talk to you about it, you know? Yeah. So anyway. And, and John, you just celebrated eight years of the Hustle podcast recently. Yes. And Yan has been doing it for seven years and six months, maybe something like that, if not even a little more. I think he came in at like episode 18 or 19 
Okay. And yeah, I, I might be the hustle podcast, uh, you know, discographer, but even I don't remember <laughs> Yan's first episode. It was I still don't know Higgins. your birthday, John. Uh, <laughs> I would like to up. point that out. I, okay, I just wanted to say for public record, I do not know John's birthday. <laughs> I do know um, your middle name, though, but I will ooh, not say. Yeah, it let's that's, leave yeah, that uh, alone. That's a that's an ugly ooh. one. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, my birth. I turned fifty at the end of the month, and in fact, I'll just give you a no little way. insight. Yeah, <laughs> there it is, the John impression. Yes, uh, fifty at the end of the month. I yeah. my goal all along has been to have to hire a former guest to come yeah. and play at my house for my yeah. birthday. The Farah gave the green light, and nice. it's turning out to be much harder than I thought it would be to schedule that <laughs> thing. And. Uh, you don't hear back from a lot of people and you don't know whether you should re start reaching out to the B squad unless oh. if there's a chance for the A squad, you know it's what like I mean? Booking a guest for a podcast. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> incredible. And, and I, and this is going to sound weird, but I want it to be somebody that I would not be able to see otherwise because mm. I mean, I could just like, for instance, the, I'll give you an example. The lost eighties live show will be here in August. And yep. I know just about everybody on there. You know, there's Wang oh, Chung. Yeah. So Jack Hughes will be there. Dave Wakeling will be there. Pete Byrne will be there. Uh, Anna Motion will be there. Anna Motion. And all the pe all these people who've already been on the show. So I could reach out to them, and I have good relations, especially with like Dave or Jack Hughes. I know those guys pretty well. Dave, Pete Byrne too, and they would probably do it. But I will have just seen them in concert. So I'm more interested in paying somebody who I would never see otherwise. Like here, I'll give you. And what what kind of budget are we talking here, John? Let's get some hard cold yeah, figures here. We we the, talk sensitively about the money here the on business. the Hustle Podcast, but I want to know your figures. Come on, oh, are we talking geez. five figures? Let's go. Okay, that's Lay no, it on me, not brother. five not five oh. figures. The wife won't go that far. So oh. my thinking is, if I pay to fly you out here, pay yep. to put you up in a hotel, oh um, red roof in. The Red Roof Inn, yeah, or Motel <laughs> Six, maybe. Um, the uh, and I pay like I, you know, pay your transportation, take you out to dinner or something like that, whatever that might be, and toss in a thousand bucks, maybe on top of that. Mm. It, for you, if, assume I hope it's it could just be them and a, an acoustic guitar. I say sure. them because I don't. Joe Esposito, are you listening? Joe he's, the best he's the best around john he is you the best around him. he will tell you that himself i know <laughs> i've thought about that so yeah i don't you know a couple thousand bucks maybe i don't know mm. i don't know for sure plus you throw a tip jar out there for the, your guests and... mm -hmm. yeah tip jar similar yeah. to whatever eric's doing you know over in eric miller over in pennsylvania formerly um, of the pods and sods network yeah podcast. formerly i know it hurts to even yeah. say that I know. Um, we're going to, you have more to talk about on that here in a minute. So I anyway, I, yeah, I don't know. A couple, I'm burping my dinner. I'm a couple <laughs> thousand dollars is what I'm thinking, but yeah. I don't know. And I, I reached out actually to, uh, well, I've reached out to a few people. Nick Hayward, his wife mm -hmm. told me like six months ago that he might be willing to do this. And then I've never mm -hmm. heard from him since. And Haircut 100 is doing reunion shows this summer in the UK. And so mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he is not thinking about 
paying playing some songs at my house flying to denver uh, for the weekend well see i thought that'd be fun but no and DC then uh, lee i'm i'm paying for your fare, ooh, baby dc ooh, yes. that would be great and then um i asked a few other people who i've not heard back from there is one person i'm hoping to still salvage i won't tell you who it is in case i'll, I'll say one other thing too if and when i do get this thing scheduled i'll throw the invite out and anyone who wants to fly to denver or is in denver to come to this thing you're welcome to i mean only a total whack job because it's denver and you john come on oh, oh wait gosh. a minute oh never mind oh wait oh my buddy that's... andy did that just a couple of months uh, weeks ago oh, that's right that's true and then uh, i did ask dave wakeling and he mm -hmm. said uh they can get pretty pricey depending on the situation it might be 10 to 20 grand and that's... and if it's like his tour bus he would only play specials the specials songs <laughs> None of the English beat or the beat stuff. It'll be interesting. He'll be there performing in the living room, but on mute on the TV next to him will be a specials concert. Well, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I, and I'm afraid I'm just going to get frustrated and quit on this and never do it. And then there mm -hmm. went my window, but anyway, mm -hmm. I so, think you're, you're best off finding someone that's based out of, uh, you know, the West Coast quicker to Denver versus someone, you know, East Coast or UK. Yeah, that was my thinking, too. Um, he wasn't on the show, but his bandmates were um, Rick. I want to say Rick Ross. That didn't sound right. The guy from Firefall suddenly blanking on his name. Oh, man. Um, anyway, he was no, he was on the show. Yes. Two members of Firefall were on the show separately. Anyway. One former member. One former member. And he's yes. the guy who wrote all the songs. And I'm suddenly blanking on his name. Oh, that's so mean. Anyway, he lives up in Longmont, which is like 45 minutes away. Oh, yeah. So I've thought about that, but I don't know. There was so, uh, Rick Roberts, wasn't it? Roberts. I, that's it. I kept saying Ross. It was Roberts, of course. So Rick Roberts, I, I could maybe do that. Go, I just drive up to Longmont, pick him up. Bring him back you know, down. I'll fly out there. We'll get some duct tape. We'll drive up to his house and put a bag <laughs> over his head. Yes. That You're would play in this be... 50th party, damn it. I know. That one would be super easy. But anyway, I don't know. I'm still working this out and I'm running out of time and it probably won't happen. If it does, I'll let you guys know. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, Yan should be back this week. Um, hopefully, right. when he's back, he's recharged and, and he's ready to you know, put things out on Tuesdays at a reasonable hour and um, and he's not bogged down with a million other things in his life, which we all are. And I'm going to try and lighten his load as best I can. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If it, if he, if it's, if it is an issue, then I don't know. A um, bunch of guys, Ryan Murphy and uh, Rob Disner and James Milton and our good friend Ken Mills and people have stepped up to fill yes. in. I don't know that I'd want them to do it every single time. I would probably have to start paying them, which is fine. I pay Yan too. But um, anyway, we'll see. It's kind of a mess. I feel and, a little uh, bit like we're in limbo right now. Sure, sure. And uh, let's send our uh, positive vibes out there to our buddy Ken Mills. I know he's mm -hmm. been battling some health issues lately and we all think yeah. about him and wish him well because he's very much very loved and very important person in the podcast. Very loved. Community. And he is an absolute force for good. You know what I mean? He represents, <laughs> yes. well, he just, he's all about love and togetherness 
and positivity. And I, and I respect that so much about him. You know, yeah. he's a better man than all of us. And, uh, well, maybe I'm, you, he's definitely better than <laughs> me. He might be better than you, Andy. Ah, son of Sorry. No offense. Um, okay. One other thing I should mention, I never, ever remember to say that we're part of the Pantheon podcast network. And in fact, I may have forgotten so many times that I don't even know if we still are a part of the Pantheon <laughs> podcast network, but I should remember to say it more. They share our episodes some, most of the time. Yeah. And, uh, that's another thing too. We're supposed to like be on their platform and that requires Yan, unfortunately, like transitioning everything over there and that's just one more thing to ask him to do and i don't want to ask him to do that but i it also can't be done otherwise and so it's just another thing and i just i feel bad i just being so helpless when it comes to technology puts me at a disadvantage and then i rely on people and then i feel too much like i'm relying on them and then that's no fun so sure sure i'm actually on the uh, pantheon network podcast uh, page and i see a lot of uh of the little postage uh -huh. stamps of people we yep. know. We know uh, Brad Page. I'm in love with that song. The Decibel Geek Guys. Shout it out loudcast. Uh, who else? I think Rock and or Roll is Rock on there. Rock and or Roll. Oh, we got the Cobras and the Fires guys. Okay. Um, uh, no bright yellow bullseye, though. Huh? Hustle Podcast. You're oh, we're there. the bottom of the okay. list. Okay. You know, we're there. We no uh, offense. No, that's fine. It's better to be <laughs> on the bottom than not at all, I guess. But so anyway, thank you to Pantheon. I need to do more about this. There's a Slack channel. My password got corrupted. It's been it's been a while, like maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I needed to go in and reset it. And I never did. And it still hasn't been reset. So Bowie I 1971. Bad. That's your password, right? That's it. You're right. Yep. yep. Okay. Bowie, 1970, well, 72. 72, um, okay. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about your trip to Pennsylvania to see Jim, our, our oh, beloved gosh. smithereens yes. guitarist, Jim Babjack. Oh, gosh, we're going back to the beginning of February. Uh, so the aforementioned uh, mutual friend, Eric Miller, has been doing these living room house concert uh, shows in his living room in, in Pennsylvania. And he had notified us that he had uh, hired Jim Babjack to come out and play a show. So I immediately booked a flight to uh, PA and uh, it was going to be the uh, Brad Page and his lovely wife, Heidi, and then the frickin' linens mm -hmm. of uh, <laughs> <laughs> our good friends the, from the Permanent Record podcast. Uh, they were going to be there as well. And then uh, so, so we, we met out there in uh, Pennsylvania uh, first night I was with the guys, it was Eric and I and the pages. We went out to dinner, had a great time, nerd out about life and music. And I, I always feel like I'm the kid at the grownups table when I'm sitting with all you guys, uh, cause I don't have a podcast, John. I don't know if you're aware of that. Well, I, just I know you started one and, or you were going to start one. <laughs> I had one episode recorded and it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well. What are you talking about? It was with me. It went well. No, no. Oh, shoot, shoot. Okay, there's two. There's two. Oh, oh but, okay. But now it's so old, John, that did. I know. That was a few years ago. That was. You were uh, in, You were in between jobs, actually. Oh, my that's gosh. That's like three and a half years ago. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so uh, met up Friday night. Uh, yeah, Eric and the Pages had a great time. Went record shopping. 
Um, I've been buying CDs for our buddy Alex over uh, the the Sly mm-hmm. Dog podcast. So I I bought him a Smithereens Greatest Hits, a Johnny Rivers Greatest Hits, the Grassroots Greatest Hits. So I send him all these you know dollar CDs that I find. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of my my adopted son these days. I love music. that. He's great that way. He's such a sponge. You oh, know, yeah. and then you know he puts out those uh, daily posts of what he's listening to. And it's just like the most eclectic, like none of these artists would ever be listed with another one. I'm listening to ZZ Top. I'm listening to uh, Anne Murray. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Bob Dylan. Pantera. Yeah. Pantera and KRS-One. Yeah. No one has any through line. I love that. So then uh, Saturday... Uh, the day of the show, we got together with uh, the linens and the pages, and we all took off and went over to New Jersey, record store shopping. Uh, I had a lovely time with Sarah Linen. Um, the linens have a jukebox of her, and I, and I collect 45 picture sleeves. So we were scouting out the 45s, a huge section at this record shop, and just kind of laughing at some of the artists and uh uh, there's a song called Handyman. I forget the it's a 60s R&B song. Mm. Um, but James Taylor, of all people, did a cover version of this song, Handyman, in the mm-hmm. 70s. And I, she found it. And I was you know, like, oh, yeah, that's a great song. And we just kind of bonded over this song. She, I don't you know if she'd even remember it. And now I've heard that song, the version by James Taylor, like twice now since February. Really, <laughs> just kind of have this flow, uh, flashback to just you know her and I going through all the forty fives and laughing at no some of the titles way. and telling all the stories. That's that's really the the fun part of these things, John. When you get together with the uh, the podcast peeps here, it's the best. And, I love just it. Kind of get lost in thought. Yeah. And then we had lunch and then we kind of drove around and then we went to Eric's house and I walk in the door and Eric and his girlfriend are there and they welcome me in. Are they, they naked? Say, hey. Did you walk in on them doing the nasty? No, no. The, uh, oh, I thought were... that's what you were leading up to. And yeah. then I go to Eric's house. I walk in the door and there's him and his girlfriend yeah. and he's Whoopsies. banging her on the floor. Or whatever. Anyway, John, this is a family podcast. You sound not really. My family's in the other room, though. I should be quiet. Continue. (laughs) That's just where my mind went. Sorry. So you've been to Eric's, and uh, uh, you know it's 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 a living room. It (laughs) is. There's a couch, and then there was a bunch of folding chairs, and Mm -hmm. you squeeze as much you know folks in there, and there was you know probably a good. Oh gosh, there had to been at least twenty five to thirty people. And, uh, you know, before the show, everyone's kind of milling around. And like I said, I walk in and Eric's like, hey, Jim's back in the kitchen. And I went, oh, OK. So I go back in the kitchen. And I'm like, holy crap, there's Jim Babjack. Now, I've met him before because I saw him with Eric at the Smithereen show in Pennsylvania. Uh, this time, well, it would have been March of 2022. And I think that's where Eric got the idea to reach mm-hmm. out to to Jim to hire him for this show. And uh, and then Cindy, Jim's significant other, was there, who I also met at that show. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, hey, Cindy, it's me, Andy Shaw from Minneapolis. And she vaguely remembered me, and mm-hmm. we started chatting. And she's like, oh, Jim's just over there. Why don't you go say hi? And she goes, you know, she walks me over there, and she goes, hey, honey, it's it's Andy uh, here. He's from Minneapolis. He, he saw you at the show last year in Pennsylvania. And he's like, Minneapolis? Oh, man, we once went to a Twins game, and I got a barbecue <laughs> set with a with a knife. You know, it was like a three-piece barbecue set yeah. as a promotional gift, like back in the 80s or the 90s. He goes, they'd never give you a knife now. No. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, probably what? not. That's what he wanted to say? 
Yeah. That's hilarious. And then, and then he's like, you're from Minneapolis. I was like, yeah. He's like, what the hell happened to Nye's Paul Nay's room? Which was uh, this little kind of local bar that's kind of straight out of Goodfellas. It was the, you know, pulled rolled leather seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just this old school, you know, steak and potatoes dinner with a piano bar. And you can get, you know, fancy drinks and martinis there. And uh, it's just down the road from my house. It's, it was a great place, but someone had bought it. Oh, gosh, maybe 10 years ago. And they bulldozed the old building oh. and built a new one. And the new one just does not have the same, you know, panache or Course. Yeah, the character. Yeah. And he's like, man, the last time we went there, it was it was torn down and they got some, you know, like yuppie version of it. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, sorry, man. Look, yeah, don't know what mm-hmm. to tell you. Mm-hmm. Now, coincidentally enough, uh, <laughs> I was at a local thrift shop uh, a couple weeks ago and I was just kind of thumbing through the, the shirts and I found a bowling shirt from this nice bar. And it's, you know, kind of 60s vintage looking uh, red bowling shirt with the Nye's logo in a martini glass. And of course, Jim's logo that he does uh-huh. all of his autographs is a martini glass. And uh-huh. he said, you know, this shirt's like 10 bucks. I'm going to buy this and send it to him. So I brought it home. I washed it first. Cause I'm not, I'm not sending him a dirty bowling yeah. shirt. Uh, and I just sh- <laughs> shipped it off in the mail on Friday. So he hopefully should be getting it here. in the that next is couple great. Of days. That is great. Yeah. Wow. I, it was the last question I was expecting him to ask me was about this you know, little dive bar in mm-hmm. Northeast Minneapolis that, you know, I've been to you know, who knows how many times in my life. So classic. And you're just the guy, Andy. Yes, First of all, yes. you're the guy who knows the history of this weird place. <laughs> you're the guy who would look for the shirt. You're the guy who would oh, I mail just found the it. shirt to the rock star. That's you right. Know? You're that guy. That's why we love Andy. Yeah. And when, when he opens it up, he's like, okay, let's call the uh, FBI, put yeah, Andy on a restraining order list. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the FBI's uh, so like, yeah, we have a guy stationed across the street from Lamro's house. Just keeping an eye on Andy because he lives in the tree outside his living room. That's right. Yeah, don't go messing with my tree in your backyard there, Jim. That's right. Yeah. Uh yeah. so uh so we kind of exchanged pleasantries and then you know we got uh together and then he started the show. There was a, a guy, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his last name, but his name's Cliff. Uh, he he did a great job as the opening act. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jim came out and he just had like a three ring binder of songs. And he kind of had an idea of what he was going to play, but not quite in what order. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was kind of thumbing through his book and he's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's do uh, Behind the Wall of Sleep. And he just crazy. fired up right there. Oh, crazy. House that we used to live in, John. Oh, and did he get the whole room to go house? Of house. Old. We, he did. we, and everyone yes. did that. Oh, oh yes, man, yes, that's I the anthem, man. Uh, he threw in a couple Beatles songs. Um, yeah, so it was great. You know, he did a, he did a, he's done, he did an unreleased song that he wants to record that was actually about the George Floyd murder, ooh, you know, killing ooh. murder, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, which was a, a left turn I was not expecting. Wow. Um, it wasn't so much about George Floyd per se, but just kind of, you know, life and loving yeah. your brother and sure. that, uh, wow. in general. Um, but, you know, he was and then Brad Page was asking him questions like, hey, how did it feel when you first heard your song on the radio type mm-hmm. of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jim would just start, you know, talking about it That's <laughs> or, great. you know, talk about, you know, some story. Uh-huh. Oh, 
and I mentioned, uh, gosh, now I can't remember. Oh, um, oh, someone wanted to hear White Castle Blues. So lady oh, yeah. said, oh, will you play White Castle Blues? I'm from whatever town in Indiana where mm-hmm. White Castle's from. And I said, yeah, Jim, play the hamburger song. And he turns and looks at me. He goes, do you say that Minneapolis? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Play the hamburger song. He's like, yeah, that's what, that's what Dennis told me to do when we were recording the, especially for you album. And we had like 10 extra minutes and, and Don Dixon said, you guys want to do anything else? And Dennis said, Hey Jim, play your hamburger song. Oh, really? <laughs> and I heard that story on the hustle podcast. There you go. I forgot and, all know, about he, that. He's looking at me like, how the hell do you know this? <laughs> We're nerds. That's how we That's, know. Oh, we know this totally. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then when the show was over, uh, Jim stood and just talked to anyone, took pictures with anyone. Uh, I had brought my Especially For You album with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I pulled that out. And he autographed it for me. Uh, took a bunch of pictures. And then I was looking at his guitar case. And his guitar case had, you know, like the old Bugs Bunny commercials, the steamer trunk with all the stickers mm-hmm. of where the countries, the the box, mm-hmm. the steamer trunk had been. Well, he had that on his guitar and he's showing me like the different stickers. He's like, oh, yeah, we got that one at uh, Niagara Falls when we play there. Mm-hmm. There's one from Cincinnati. And he's telling me like little bits and pieces of where all these stickers are from. And I'm just sitting there like. Uh, is this moment really happening? Yeah, like yeah. Jim Babjack knows about the bar down the street from my house. That's He's showing me wild. his guitar case with the stickers. I love it. Um, and then, you know, we, we finally uh, bowed out and uh, I left with the pages. And as you know, Brad and Heidi and I walked out the door and we're walking down the street. I looked at them and said, did that just fucking happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. What a dreamy yeah. night. I wish I could yes, have gone, uh, gone out there for it. And, you know, I am known as the vinyl wingman because I help people out when we go record shopping. Uh, I'm also now the book wingman when I had been to a local half price books. Do you have half price books in Denver? Um, Like, is that the name of the store? It's like a chain. It's a a chain. I don't think so. I've heard of it before, though. Okay, so they're they're kind of in the Midwest. It's well, what it's called. It's a half price. You know, it's a used bookstore, Mm -hmm. but they also do DVDs, records, everything. Sure. And when I was out in Pennsylvania a year ago, I had uh, done the bacon, the infamous Bacon Times 100 episode with the pods and sides, guys. Mm -hmm. And in that, uh, Craig Smith had asked us what our favorite theme song, TV theme song was. Mm -hmm. And I had picked Battlestar Galactica. And uh, Craig's pick was Welcome Back, Cotta by uh, John Sebastian. John Sebastian, yeah. So before we went on this trip, uh, I had gone to a half price book and they had song books from the seventies mm. in their music section. And they had the John Sebastian song book from that out al- that, that song is on that album. And I uh-huh. paid five, six bucks for it. And I brought it with me to Pennsylvania. And when I saw Craig Smith there at the show uh, and gave it to him, he was just kind of, you know, blown away. And he's like, uh-huh. Oh, thanks man. This is great. And, like, hey, that's what I do. You know, if I see something uh-huh. for people and they, I know they collect it, I'll, I'll snap it up or I'll at least take a picture and say, hey, I'm at this bookstore. Crazy. This is something you want. So that's great. I uh, got to mention something. I've talked before on here about playing Music League. And uh, there's a we I have a few. I always have a few leagues going on, one of which is with some listeners. One of the other leagues I'm in, the topic, the theme for one week was TV theme songs. And ah. someone submitted uh, the one you just said, 
Battlestar no, Galactica. I think they did Buck Rogers, and it came in dead. Ah, last. screw Buck Rye. Yeah, I think Buck Rogers. Maybe it was Battlestar. I think it was Buck Rogers though, and it came in dead last. And someone else did <laughs> Cotter, of course, and that did really well. I did um, Teardrop by Massive Attack because it was the theme song to House, and it oh. came in near the bottom. Oh. I come in near the bottom a lot. Uh, anyway, okay. In games and in life, John. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the theme, theme of John's life. So, um, so anyways, it was a great trip. Uh, unlike other people who shall go nameless, I uh, have really bad pet hair, dandruff allergies as well. I not only took my once a day uh, allergy tablet and my Flonase nasal spray mm-hmm. at the hotel that morning. I actually took some at dinner before we went to the show. And then when I was at Eric's house, because Eric has three cats two cats, so. three cats uh during uh oh gosh i forget last like i said the the opening at cliffs set i could feel my throat kind of tensing mm. up and i'm like i'm not doing a lamro i'm not getting the cat oh hair gosh. to put me out of the Ugh. business here so i luckily had brought flonase with me so right. i ran outside did a couple puffs extra puffs of flonase and then went back in oh. right before jim went on oh it that was that was probably the worst uh, allergic to allergic cat reaction I've ever had. Because you I, had laid down face first on a pillow or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. I um I had flown in that morning and um went back to the house and uh, I just asked if I could take a quick like thirty minute nap because I was on I think I did a red eye and didn't sleep at all and yeah. so I just put my head down on his couch for a half hour and woke up and we left for the Hooters concert and. My face swelled up. My eyes swelled up. I couldn't, I could barely open them. They've hurt so bad. Like some hooters? Like some hooters. Yes. And it was, uh, and it was, I, it was the worst. I was just a mess. And uh, thankfully it started to get better about halfway through the Hooters concert. So for the first half, my eyes were swollen, almost shut (laughs) and I could hardly see what's going on. And it was awful. But anyway, Um, by the way, did I, I meant to mention this earlier, and I can't remember if I did. Did I already say that I wanted to change up these? Not yet. Episodes. Okay. Not. So I can't remember if I already mentioned this or not, but I one of the reasons why this took a while to record too is because I can't decide if I even want to do these anymore. And I, but I don't. I feel like we should do something, but I don't know what it is. And the thought every three months of creating the Google Doc, going in with the notes, and I just feel like at the end of the day, what I'm all I'm saying is that so and so was great, and this guy was interesting, and that guy was fun, and this person's music is so good, and and it's all which is true, all of that is true. But if there's, E.G. Daily gets a lot of Amazon packages and has really yeah. yippy dogs in the background. She that's, does. That's what... <laughs> she's also super hot and uh, down boy. But that, it's true and. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. I just can't decide what to do instead. My motivation or my excitement to do these recap episodes is is waning. And I but I feel like we should do something. I can't I just can't tell if people care. I can't think of what I would rather do instead. And uh but I'm well, just not what the fans say. The fans, well, yeah. and when I say the fans, I mean Brian Lennon. He yeah. likes these, he told me. I know. Me. He uh, likes the, the color commentary that you offer and the uh, cojones busting that I do of you when we, True. When we do these. True. I mean, I can't let Brian 
Brian Lennon down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no one likes to let down a Lennon, a freaking Lennon. But people, I, go I on know. the Facebook page. Tell John that you enjoy these uh, quarterly. Well, tell recaps. me good or bad. I don't care. I mean, if you have an idea of what would be different, I just they're just. I don't know. And um, when we have Yan on, um, Yan really doesn't like to do these things live. He likes to take them back and produce them and put music underneath and clear out all the ums and uhs and all that kind of stuff. And I, of course, I'm grateful for that. But as I've already said, I'm trying to not, I'm trying to give him less things to do. Yes. But I also don't want, I don't want to just do it with you and cut him out because that's not, sure. you know, I want him to feel involved. So, Anyway, and I, I think can't Ian tell. offers something as well because he's the one who has to listen to all these exactly. and clean them up. The first and... episode we're going to talk about here in a minute, he could go on and on because he worked like overtime on that. Also, one other thing I want to say about these free ones too is it means that we aren't going to play anyone's music. And I so I need to apologize to all of you who sent links to your songs because we always like to close out the recap episodes with a song from one of you that that is available out there and when we do them like this that's we don't that's not an option and so i feel guilty about that but anyway i don't know i i just feel like i need to rethink this thing and i'm not sure what to do maybe that uh, should be your uh, tomorrow's daily poll question John. <laughs> oh, yeah that's do true like okay yeah summary recap episodes I think I did that once before a couple of years ago because we've been doing these for a while now. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if people don't want it, they can just delete it or not worry about it. I yeah. they ju it's just they don't just like the other episodes. They don't. That, that's to. exactly right. They yeah. just don't inspire me anymore. I I want to do mm -hmm. something different, and I don't know what it is. Um, or maybe I just don't want to do them anymore. Um, speaking of the daily polls, if you don't follow our Facebook page, you should. For whatever reason, the poll thing, I used to do a poll, you know, do you like, which band do you like better, this one or that one? And it got to be really popular there for a while. And then they took the poll option away from Facebook for some reason. And I noticed a couple of months ago that it was back. And so I've just been posting every day, like whether you like a song or not. Most of the, and I always pick a song that I think almost everyone knows, you know, and uh, do you love it? Do you like it? Do you think it's okay? Did you never like it or are you sick to death of it? And uh, it, it's just a way to stay engaged with all of you, you know? All right. Last thing. Let's talk about concerts. Now, I know you went to a concert last night. That's technically yes. in the second quarter. Maybe we oh, can yeah. save that for the next one. Did you go to any concerts in the first quarter? No. Okay. No, it's I only went to the second three. quarter. Me well, too. In the first quarter or the second quarter? Well, I went to three shows in the first quarter, which is oh, not okay. very much for me, you know. No, it's not, John. No, it's uh, I um, two were free, thankfully, and one I paid for. Humble brag. I know, humble brag. Um, talk for a minute because I'm going to cough and I'm going to mute. All right, so uh, John created this podcast just because he wanted to get free tickets to shows that he can take his uh, his lady friend. <laughs> lady uh -oh. friend. you're still on mute okay. there John. no there not go. anymore not anymore oh. i heard lady friend and i came right back um uh -oh. i'm getting over a cold and so i kind of have like a stuffy nose and a sore throat and a cough so i'm going to mute myself periodically okay first of all earlier you have your year, concert wife that's my concert wife megan say. we went and saw lisa loeb and uh lisa was such a sweetheart and it was easily the worst audience 
I've ever been to at a show or I've ever seen at a show. She played in kind of a smaller venue here in Denver called Ophelia's. And it, Ophelia's is weird because it's a stage on the bottom floor and it's an open ceiling and all and upstairs is a restaurant. And so mm. um, the people who are sitting in the restaurant eating upstairs could just look over the railing and see Lisa Loeb uh, performing downstairs. <laughs> I know it's weird. I saw the trash can Sinatra's there. I saw Michael Aston of Jane Love, Jean loves Jezebel there. Hold, hold on. Let, let me get this straight. Lamro. So you're, you're a ticket buying consumer and you go and shell out your whatever uh-huh. cash for Lisa Loeb and you're downstairs in the, the first level basement or whatever. Uh-huh. But then some yahoos are up on the second level and they can just yeah. look over the railing and say, Oh, Hey, isn't that the stage chick? And then they yeah, can get pretty much. I, I mean, yes, I guess so. You would have to buy food and what um, the hell kind of concert venues. Do you it's have a weird place. It's called Ophelia's electric soapbox or something like that um but the crowd just did not would not shut up and of course right in front of her and it's just her and acoustic guitar you know she's a sweetheart she's such a fun performer she's telling all these fun stories she's so engaging and there's a couple of drunk guys directly in front of her and they're yelling things out shouting out songs and they're you know and she's trying to politely engage with them but not too much where it overtakes the show it just never yeah. stopped and it was uh i even tweeted at her later how badly i felt because it's that's the opposite of what you want from lisa Loeb because it's just her and a guitar you want it to be kind of quiet yeah. and intimate so you can laugh and have fun and it was this rowdy drunk loud disrespectful crowd it was the worst but she was great that's a shame because uh, you know I've heard her on other podcasts. I do I do listen to other podcasts, John. I hate to you tell do? you that. What? Stop it! Uh, and she's I mean she's great. She's got you know a ton of stories and mm-hmm. she's fun and interesting and she's wonderful. And she didn't yeah. deserve that. And I was kind of embarrassed for Denver on that one. And um, and then the Charlatans and Ride came through. They did a big U.S. tour. That was a fantastic double bill. I think Megan and I did that one too. That one I paid for. And um, it was a, the only thing that was a little, they, I guess, switched off headlining. And the night we went, Charlatans went first and Ride went second. And the Charlatans played their whole second album between 10th and 11th. And Ride played their whole, they, is uh, their first album. Why am I suddenly, it's got Vapor Trail on it. It's uh, one word. I can't, wh- uh, whatever the name it's... of that album is. You going to Google it for me? I'm suddenly I'm come nowhere. on nowhere, nowhere. Jeez. Released October fifteenth, nineteen ninety. John. Yeah, nowhere. Great album. So they performed. Now they played second, which is totally fine. I think Charlatans had maybe more hits and probably should have headlined, but it really didn't matter. It was a yeah. great show, and they're both wonderful. And then lots um, of shoegazing. Yes, lots of shoegazing. <laughs> Although, yeah, they hate that term. And then. Um, <laughs> Uh, the Magnetic Fields came through town, and their mm. touring guitarist is Anthony Kaczynski, who was on the show years and years and years ago. Back in the 80s, he fronted this band called Figures on a Beach, and um, mm. they had a song called uh, Positively Fourth Street that I loved. Is it Positively or act- Accidentally? I never remember. Well, Positively Fourth Street is a Bob Dylan song. Right. So I think it's Accidentally Fourth Street. Ah. Because that's the 
joke. Anyway, it's um, it was a big hit. In, it was a big song in Utah on alternative radio, and I love them. And Anthony and I are Facebook friends. It all comes back to Utah. I tell you, it all comes. Goddamn this hustle podcast. That's right. Don't say goddamn in Utah, by the way. You'll get in trouble. <laughs> and, hey, when's uh, Donny Osmond gonna be on? Oh, tell or me Andy about Osmond. it. I keep trying. Oh my gosh. I keep trying to I make this happen. I take Jimmy Osmond at this point. Come on. I would go. too. So speaking of Osmonds, <laughs> this is total inside baseball. Uh, Merrill Osmond is going he, on a mission for the, the Mormon church. brother? I think he might be. He's okay. going on a mission for the Mormon church. Uh, and he had like a get together open house thing to say goodbye. And my yeah. mom organized it. They, I guess, know each other a little bit. I know. This was just a couple of months ago. I thought, man, maybe I should have asked Merrill Osmond to come on the podcast before he went on. Mama Lamro has an in with the Osmonds and has not. I didn't know this. I did not know this until recently. Yeah, I've tried to get Donnie on here and um, it's never happened. Tell him you drink Hawaiian punch because of him. (laughs) I forgot all about that. Did you ever see that movie Going Coconuts? Oh gosh, it's that back sounds in like familiar. the 70s, 80s. It's a ridiculous movie. They go to Hawaii. Anyway, it's Donnie and Marie. I don't think it's the full thing. Yeah. Anyway, the magnetic fields came through town. Tony put me on the guest list. We got to meet and hang out. And I went backstage and talked to Stephen Merritt. And uh, but most mostly with Tony. He was great. And uh I really loved that show and that interaction. And it's always nice to visit. You know, so many of these. Sometimes when you get to be like a Facebook friend with one of them, yep. you kind of start to know each other a little bit deeper than just, oh, I interviewed you once. And so that part's really nice. I'm glad I did that. Sure. Um, okay. Let's do some episodes. I don't yeah. know if we're – some of these, there aren't like major stories to a lot of these. So I'll be honest right now, but we'll go through them. Um, first of all is Trevor Horn. We kicked off the year with Trevor Horn. That, as everyone knows – was a dream interview for me, and it did not go very well. The main reason being that uh, Wi-Fi was just not cooperative that day at all. And I don't know whose fault it was, or I don't even know what causes that, because I'm on Zoom all day with work, pretty much, and rarely is is it glitchy, but that time with Trevor it was. And where was he calling in from, John? London, his home in London. His home in London. And I've even recognized it because he must have like an atrium or something in his house because I've seen him post videos of him like giving behind, you know, back behind the scenes stories of songs he produced. And they're recorded in that same atrium. And so Uh, um, I recognized where he was, but I. It's a little stalkerish. It was, I know, I know. (laughs) And uh, so it just wasn't what I wanted. It was so difficult to get into a flow. And um, I don't know how much he liked me. In fact, at the end, when I usually do my very effusive goodbye and I love you and I'm thankful for you and grateful and all that kind of stuff, I said, well, Trevor, thank you so much for everything you've done. And he goes, okay, great. And he just gets (laughs) up and that's it. You know, you've made my life so much more complete. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't just shower him with love. Yep, that was it. He was kind of sitting back thoughtful. And when he, okay, great. And then he gets up and bye. (laughs) That was it. Well, two things I I observed. A, he seemed a little. Oh, John's coughing again. I'll just keep talking. He he seemed like quite a reserved chap to begin with, you know, stiff upper lip and all that uh, 
and then you had asked him, you know, was this a a true autobiography or more of a professional work history? And he kind of hemmed and hawed for a second and said, well, it's more about, you know, the, the musical work because, you know, he's got the, the poor wife of his that, yeah. uh, you know, had been injured by like some fluke air rifle. Son. Yeah. Their son. Yeah. The, so. Okay. His wife, Jill Sinclair yep. was a force in the music business back in the day. And, and when I, and I use that word force on purpose because she was always bad cop to his good cop. Ah. And she had, she was a ball buster, famous for this, right? A Sharon and Osbourne. There, yes, like that. And you either respected the hell out of her or you did not like this woman at all. And I've heard both <laughs> arguments. And um, so one day their son, I think is like shooting in their backyard or something like that yeah. just with playing with a gun or I don't think it was even a real gun. I'm not even sure. I think it was just a little pellet gun, you know, I think you're right. And a bullet goes off somehow and hits Jill in her neck and mm -hmm. she becomes paralyzed mm -hmm. and then dies shortly after that. No, and I, I think she actually, I think there's two parts there, John. I oh, believe really? she was paralyzed from the, pellet or bb uh -huh. or whatever it was but then lived like another eight or ten years i think but she then did because i think trevor getting... took care of her that whole time yeah and then i think she ended up getting like ovarian cancer or oh, some type really? of cancer yes and that's oh. i think what how she passed oh away. okay okay but it was that she had spent the rest of her time you know in yes. a wheelchair uh, well and imagine then... your son is the one oh, who yeah did it on accident but you have to live with this you know yeah it's just and none of that was mentioned in the book and i wasn't sure right. well <laughs> and i didn't read the book until after the interview by the way it's one of the best music books i've ever read because it's just manna from heaven for a guy like me every yeah. word is i'm just like pouring over it it's perfect um but it uh so I wasn't sure how much of that he would talk about. And he didn't understandably want to talk about any of it. Incidentally, right. I just saw him in concert the other day because he opened for Seal. He and Seal were here and it was... He opened for Seal or played the for Buggles. Seal? The Buggles. Oh, the Buggles opened right. for Seal, played for like a half hour. And mm -hmm. then the Buggles, which is basically him and a bunch of hired hands. Yeah. They on and they're the backing band for Seal. And that's and, the Buggles video killed the radio star, not the Buggaloos, the 70s uh, campy the, uh, kids insane, TV show. Well, I thought it was the insane clown. No, that's Juggalos. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. that's Juggalos, not the, Buggalos. The Buggaloos was uh, Phyllis Diller. Oh. And, uh, okay, you don't know the Buggaloos? Well, I my I, my brain, as good as I am at something. They didn't have it in Utah, pop, right? I don't have the weird pop culture stuff that you have all the time. So anyway, the Buggles were the Buggles were great. They, you know, I felt a little bad because almost everyone in the audience only knew "Video Killed the Radio Star," and he right. performed "Owner of a Lonely Heart" because he co-wrote it. Uh, the rest were like deep tracks by the Buggles, which I knew, but not very many other people did. I went with a couple of buddies of mine from work, Jeff and Mike, and um, but Seal was amazing. That was my third time seeing him. 
he was I've always loved him. I know yeah. he's not the force that he used to be. I loved that show. Loved it. It was like a spiritual experience. It was so good. Wow. So anyway, if Yan were here, he would tell you all the hard work he did technically <laughs> to fix that thing and make it sound halfway decent. And I heard from so many of you with condolences about how you everyone knows how excited I was for that interview and how much it meant to me. And I was pretty heartbroken that it wasn't what I wanted it to be. I got over it eventually. I'm fine now. Um, but I they can't all so be. They can't all be that? Steve Lillywhites. No, no, that mm -hmm. one. That's still the gold standard. But um, you know, it. I did the best I could. It wasn't really my fault, and uh, I don't know what else to do. And I heard from many of you who were sort of, you know, who had my back on that. So thanks to anyone who sent me a note. Um, after that, I did be, to to sort of make up for it. I just pounded you guys with more Trevor Horn information. So after that, we did a deep dive with uh, Tony K from Yes. Yep. Came back and we did Big Generator, which um, even though I, even though 90125 is one of my favorite albums ever, I thought the story of Big Generator might be more interesting because it's less known. And I thought yep. that was a pretty fascinating. And if you want a fascinating read, just look up that album on on Wikipedia, and it's got pages of information on every single song so much drama it's so interesting to me when a band is putting out what many people like me would consider some of their very best work at their absolute most dysfunctional period you know so interesting to me but that's what was going on there i'm grateful that he gives me his time and he offered to come back and do another yes album eventually yeah. so we might do yeah. that and uh not a big fan of trevor horn no, no, he and Trevor did not get along. That was interesting too, right? Yeah, you you definitely picked up that vibe mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> well, and it's all over that Wikipedia page too. But wow. I felt weird like putting him in a position to make him like trash talk somebody, somebody like right. that. So I didn't push him on it. But yeah, they didn't like each other at all. Yeah, and uh, I was fascinated by the uh, the partying that they did. Oh. With uh, Stevie Nicks and uh, uh, Sly Stone. Yes. <laughs> people. Can you believe that? Sly Stone was partying with the Yes guys. You just wouldn't. I guess if the cocaine's good enough, <laughs> Sly Stone and Stevie Nicks are going to be there, no matter who else is at the party, you know? You know, John Anderson and uh, yeah. Tony Kay and Sly Stone and, uh, you know, Stevie Nicks. Uh, sure. Friday night. Sure. Yeah. It's whatever it takes. Wherever there's good cocaine, those guys will be there. Um, anyway, I was pretty grateful with that. And it's a pretty, it, that was an episode that did really well. Okay, Steve Lipson. It's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. And I, again, I wanted to put out these other two episodes that related to Trevor Horn because of what a letdown Trevor was. Not him personally, just the episode itself. Yes. And uh, Steve Lipson more than made up for it. That whole I mean, I remember you messaging me afterwards about the whole Whitney Houston part of that whole story. Oh, and yeah. just that was hard to hear. But it doesn't surprise you, but it's also tragic just yeah. how difficult it was to get her to commit to singing and singing the way he wanted. And her and Bobby and their, I don't know if posse Total is a good word to use anymore, yeah. but whatever. The whole, all their friends and hangers on and, just not wanting, just wanting to be belligerent and, oh, it just sounded horrible. All of that, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and you know, you could see the, you, you know, the self-destruction. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Bobby Brown inserting his two cents into the, to the mix, uh, that made no sense to, uh, mm-hmm. to Steve. And, uh, just the, the fact that, you know, Clive Davis is kind of, you know, he's mm-hmm. kind of hands off like, mm-hmm. oh, Hey, you know, yeah. go fix the EQ levels on the hi hats or something. Right. Right. Was the notes uh, he gave. Um, but no, it was it was sad but interesting to hear yeah, those Whitney it was. stories. It was. And the but the seeing Frank Sinatra with Bruce Hornsby story <laughs> was so funny that it made up for that. Yeah. But well, um, think yeah. about this. So that was probably what the mid 90s. I think so. Yeah. So you're Steve Lipson and you got your engineer and you show up at Bruce Hornsby's house and he doesn't know why you're there. And you're like, oh, we're here to help you record. And he's like, the yeah. album's finished. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nowadays you just text the guy like, hey, I'm getting uh-huh. on a plane at Heathrow. I'll see you in a, eight hours. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why is that yeah. made? The album's finished. <laughs> I don't know how you don't figure that out ahead of time, but I guess you don't. But I, uh, yeah, that was, that will be at or near the top of my favorite episodes of the year. Yeah. Oh, and I don't definitely know that was mid nineties because Sinatra was still performing. Um, and his son, Frank Sinatra Jr. Mm -hmm. was the band leader. Uh And, uh, I had heard stories like in 95, 96 that, uh, it, it was time for Frank to retire, but he just didn't want to give it up. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, those stories that Steve told just uh, solidified that yeah, uh, that info, and the fact that you know Bruce Hornsby's driving him to the show, and they stop through the drive-through at uh, how he pronounced it Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's eating Taco Bell in the backseat of Bruce Hornsby's car as they drive to see a Sinatra concert. That is just wild in Virginia. That's the music business. Yeah, yeah, that's the is. music business. So good, so good. <laughs> Um, he agreed to come back on and do a deep dive too. Ooh. Again, once I I have one deep dive that I'm really proud of. That's a pretty big one in the can right now. Once Yan and I are back on our normal footing, I'll dive back into deep dives. But um, for now, I'm just playing it cool for a minute. And it was fascinating to hear about the Bond uh, theme. Yes, uh, and how you know. Roger Craig had to sign off, you know, hear it and essentially sign off on it, which I didn't realize, uh, or Daniel Craig, uh, uh-huh. would have that much clout. You know? Roger Craig, former Roger running Craig. back for this 49ers, 49ers and uh, <laughs> manager of the San Francisco Giants. That's um, right. Yeah. Um, I know. I didn't realize that either, that he would have to agree to it. And you just, well, first of all, it shows how impressive Billy and, Phineas are yep. uh, Billy Eilish and her brother Phineas, and then also just how many cooks are in that kitchen. Each person needs yep. to approve of a song, agree to all parts of it. If someone doesn't like it, if Phineas doesn't like it and wants a change made, then it he's got to make that change, and then it's got to be emailed out to all these people, and they got to have a meeting, and they've got to have confirmations, and then if there, if anyone, you know, it just. It, this panel of people who are all in are all are all involved in approving content like that for a large right. thing like a bond franchise yep. it would be tiresome but at the end well, of the day you get an oscar worthy song yeah but art by committee is always dangerous yes 
So true. Ooh, I love the way you say that, Andy. That's a really smart yes. thing. Well, okay. every you once do. in a while, I drop a nugget on this show. You do drop. <laughs> I drop I'm just something. Gonna leave, I'm just going to leave that one alone. <laughs> the nuggets drop. Yeah, you do. Uh, uh, but okay. yeah, yeah, no, the, I have to agree. That is probably one of uh, my favorites. Oh, you know, he you played a song by Propaganda mm. on that episode, which I wasn't familiar with, but it sounded very new wavy. Uh-huh. Um, like if I were to give an example of a new wave 80 song, uh-huh. that would be a song I would play. I don't remember what it was called, though. And it's uh, not on Spotify. which one did I play on that one? It was um, one of their new songs. Okay. And it was a woman like just speaking. Yeah, that's probably Claudia uh, Brookin. So a little note to um to Patreon people. I feel a little bad because I've announced a bunch of guests that have not worked out. Claudia is one of them. Um Claudia has agreed uh, Claudia agreed like a year ago. Come on. And then she'll say, Oh, um, let's do it this week. And I'll write back to set up a date or a schedule a time and I won't hear from her again. And that day <laughs> will come and go and I'll be like, well, I, it's gone now. Do you still want to try and do it? And then she'll reply. Oh, I'm so sorry that I did that. Yes. In three weeks, I'm recording. I'll be ready to talk. Great. How about the, we do it on Thursday of that week. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Yes. Then that day goes by and then another month or two. And so, and that's the cycle with her and lots and lots of other people. And so I don't know when, I don't know when I'm going to talk to Claudia. She said she would come on when she had something to promote. She has had for a while and it's, I can't get her nailed down. I don't know why. Um, Cross her off the birthday list. Yeah. She's not playing either. No, she's done too. (laughs) Um, After that was Alphaville. I don't have a lot to say about Alphaville. Um, it was Marion. He he was so mm-hmm. nice. And that album, well, I always I've always liked Alphaville. Some of their stuff gets a little weird for me. The new album is um it's you know orchestrated things like a lot of other bands are doing these days. It's nice, it's a little too sleepy for me in some parts, but it's a, if you're an Alphaville fan, it's really beautiful. Um my buddy Brent uh who has been on the show before actually, he uh rec- he pushed hard for Alphaville years ago and it took forever for Marion to to have something to promote that put him in kind of promo mode. He was making the rounds. I think he went on with Steve Cooper and probably Noel. I think he went on with Noel too. And so he did, he was doing the podcast circuit right around that time. And thankfully I got him for a few minutes. I don't have a lot to say about that one. There was really nothing, you know, it was set up by his people. He got on, we did it. He hopped off. That was the end of it. Was that episode big in Japan, John? Ooh, good one. That's a good question. I'll have to check our... uh, Let's get those Asian stats. Yeah, the Google Analytics. Uh, After Alphaville, there was Dave Roundtree from Blur. That was kind of a shocking episode because, first of all, to have anyone from Blur on the show (laughs) was kind of a shock. And then for it to be him... To promote his new solo album, the last one of the bunch you would think would have a solo album to promote, yeah. that was pretty shocking as well. But he was great. Um, it uh, It's just, it's so interesting to me over Zoom, looking in the face of just a guy, a regular guy who's sitting in his den or whatever on a computer chit-chatting with me 
but the guy you're looking at is zoom on zoom is a member of one of the biggest bands in the world or who was in one of the biggest bands in the world you know what i mean that just the information in the head of the person you're looking at through zoom (laughs) is it's just shocking to me how big it is you know it's like me and Eric Miller's kitchen talking to Jim Babjack of the Smithereens. Yes. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, yeah, I just can't believe that a member of Blur was on the show. And then they go and now they're putting out new music, which he didn't mention. He did say <laughs> that his, he wasn't going to be touring because the next few months were all tied up with Blur stuff, which I took to mean... They're a big band. They'll play a hand, you know, half a dozen festivals this summer, make a million dollars, and then go back pounds. to doing whatever he was pounds, pounds, yes, pounds, yes. dollars, uh, and go back to doing whatever he was doing before. I didn't realize that, that was all code for we're working on new music, and mm-hmm. we're about to drop it, and we're about to go back out on top. But anyway, uh, well, think about that for a drummer though. When you know there's nothing going on in the Blur world, he's going out and doing shows. <laughs> It's the yeah. drummer. Well, how hard is that? You know, I know. And I mean, he started making music for like TV and movies and stuff like that, oh, which yep. a lot of people have. Yep. Um, in fact, our guest this week, I'm not going to mention who it is because this will be out, but he's now doing the same thing and he's a legend. And uh, it can't be easy for these people to break into that business. But yep. then again, what else are they qualified to do? You know, I mean, sure. The drummer for Blur isn't going to go, you know, be your tax accountant or something like that, but he (laughs) probably could score your film, but so can everybody in every other band do the same. And so it's uh, finding these like next chapters or second careers or whatever can't be easy, but luckily he's probably so rich from Blur that he'll be just fine, you know? (laughs) Um, Okay. After him was uh, Corinne Drury from Swing Out Sister. That was a dream. I have been trying to get Corinne on here for years. And she's another one of those people. I wonder if it's just women are largely more apprehensive about coming on the show or talking to people. Maybe. I don't know. But um, I ping, I've pinged her. They don't have like an active Facebook page with a contact button that I don't believe that gets any traction. So I've Mm. had to go through their Facebook page and she, I've, it's another one of those things where I've, messaged them like 12 times and they've replied once and it was early early on and corinne was like yeah next time we have something to promote we'll let you know but then anytime i would see some reissue come out or some reunion show or whatever hey now's the time i read nothing you know (laughs) thankfully one of our listeners dave german he was an aor person or anr person i should say for Arista for many years yeah. and now he's he listens to us I don't know if he listens to all of it but he listened to some and he sent me an email suggesting a bunch of people for the show yeah. that he knows and worked with at Arista and one of them was Corinne I was like you have no idea I have been trying to make this happen forever <laughs> can you make it happen and he knows a guy named Gary Saber who is friends with them I think he might be some kind of like unofficial band historian or something i'm not exactly sure but gary hooked me up with corinne it took months but it finally happened and corinne was a sweetheart and that's another one of our biggest episodes of the year yeah i don't know that that any like major fireworks came out of it but i do think people it's 
everybody knows them. Everybody remembers that song. Everyone yeah. has fond memories of them, but nobody knows them very well. And so it's like, yeah. oh, now I get to know what this person is all about, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, to me, I always think of, am I the same girl first? You know what That's I mean? my favorite song of theirs, too. Yeah. yeah. I love that one. And, uh, you know, in listening to some of their music, I got a total like fifth dimension vibe. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, I had looked at, I picked up the shapes and patterns CD and they do, she did, they did a version of Stone Soul Picnic by the fifth dimension, Laura Nero. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, I totally uh, see that correlation. So, yeah. yeah, And uh, they're, uh, they, gosh, I know there's a Facebook group out in the UK that want, is petitioning to get them to do a Bond theme song. Ooh, and I could totally that. see that. Yeah, oh, they'd yeah. be good at that. That's right in their wheelhouse. Totally. But, you know, at this stage, you know. Yeah, you know, they're probably with the past, Eilish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can get Corinne or Billy, which one you need to do, you're going to do Billy. I, yeah. They're an interesting thing because it's just the two of them. And they don't do much, and they probably don't have to. They just probably live comfortably off of breakout money. Oh yeah, and uh, what a life, you know. That's just... well, you did get her to confess that she's married to Andy. Yeah, that had always been assumed, but not confirmed for a long time. So that was she. Anyway, they were great. I I love what they do. I love everything they do. Um, and that was a dream. That was like day one. In fact, I think my first email to her was before I had ever even started the podcast saying, hey, I'm thinking of starting this podcast. Would you be open to coming on? Which is what my original pitch letter was like. And then eventually had to change it. And she's Uh, like, oh, I got to wait till the eighth year at least. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Come come back to me when you've been on for eight years. Come back to me after you've talked to, I don't know who, somebody, some weirdo. Lead singer Bullet Boys. Um, okay. After that was Richard Blade. Uh, he yeah. had written a couple of books and, uh, I just am kind of shocked by that guy's career. There can only, cause back in the day there would have been, I mean, he was one of those people that as a prominent DJ in some circumstances was as popular or more popular than the bands that he was promoting Sure. Opening up for interviewing. He became such a big personality, especially in LA and such a kind of like a kingmaker in some ways, yep. tastemaker that, um, that, that just does not exist anymore unless it's talk radio. And it's someone like Howard Stern. Sure. Um, our, another one of our listeners, Jake rude out of Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, he, yes. He is like the, midwest version of richard blade but they're just there can only be a few of those people and those two managed to do it and i just find that's a first of all that's lucky you're so they are so fortunate they get to do this professionally and successfully with their life and And um, for this long and for this long yeah yeah i mean he was in girls just want to have fun for crying out loud john i know that's one of my biggest guilty pleasure movies i love that movie i used to tell people that my sister watched it all the time but the truth is (laughs) i watched it all the time i loved it i had a big thing for sjp back then i loved it 
Uh, you know who uh, Richard Blade reminds me of is uh, a, more of an up, well, not updated, but an 80s version of Rodney Bingenheimer. Yeah, there you go. Now, he's Rodney one I, had the 70s. Yes. He's a guy, I, and I've seen the documentary, and I even talked about him with, was it Chris Carter of Dramarama? Yes, yes. Um, I've, I, I guess maybe Rodney needed to appear in more movies for me to understand his <laughs> popularity or, you know, power. I don't understand that one, but I guess he was, again, another kind of kingmaker, tastemaker. Yeah. He had good taste. People listened in to hear what he was into. John Peel kind of a thing. Sure. But um, yeah, Richard Blade, what a, what a charmed life. And his book, I haven't read the second one, which were the lockdown interviews, but the first one, the world, a world in my eyes, or what, yeah. World in my eyes. Uh, it's fascinating, fascinating mm -hmm. book. Did you get a copy of the second book to give to your Patreon listeners? No, I didn't even get a copy of the first book. Oh. Um, I read it for free on Kindle, I think, or I bought it, I think, on Kindle. Because okay. I didn't, I heard that he, I knew he did podcasts. And yeah. I thought, I bet he would come on mine, but I probably should read his book first. And um, so I bought it myself. And did it. I think it was free. I think if you went on, if you go on Kindle, it's probably free on there. Okay. Um. Anyway, after Richard was Steve Hillage, he was a trip, <laughs> man. And that interview happened the same day as Trevor Horn, and uh, uh. it kind of pumped me out because <laughs> Trevor didn't. I did Trevor at like seven o'clock in the morning, and yeah. it didn't go well. And then uh. I think I did Steve at noon. And it went fine, but he was just a trippier guy, you know, um, kind of a thick accent, sort of a space cadet, nice guy, of <laughs> course. But, right. and I was just like, man, neither of these went like I wanted them to, you know, this is yeah. painful. I'm so bad at this. And, uh, you just, you need some good experiences to keep fuel in your tank to make you believe sure. that you could do the next one. And so when bad when you have a bad experience, it really sets you back. And that's what that day was. You had a me. bad trip, man. I <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, it was a weird one. So John, I, okay. So let's see here. So we've, we've done Steve Lipson, Trevor Horn, uh, Corinne from swing out sister, Richard. Okay. So all these, you know, these are names people know now, Steve Hilliage, I had not heard of till this episode. What makes you seek out Steve Hilliage? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I can tell you exactly who it is. It was David Sterry of real life. Ah. So back way back when, when David Sterry, the lead singer of real, real life, uh, send me an angel was on the show. Yep. He and I hit it off and um, we would email a little bit uh, back then, every now and then. And he was like, you know who you should have on It's Steve Hillage. He would be wild. And uh, because Dave really likes his um uh proggy stuff yeah right sure. i'm not as into prog i can respect a lot of it and i knew some of steve's stuff but i didn't go quite as deep and uh so it was dave theory who planted the seed seven years ago or whenever that <laughs> was six years ago and i thought you know what i'm gonna go after steve hillage and i'm gonna show dave Sterry that I can do it. And, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make Steve, I'm going to make Dave Sterry proud of me. Six years later, you're sticking Six it. Six years later, it took yeah. forever because 
I have to cough. I'm gonna mute for a second. Okay. All right, John's coughing here. We're oh oh. All right, he's good. Over. Okay. Um. Yeah, I emailed through his website or Facebook page or whatever for years and never heard anything. And um, then he collaborated with Crazy Life with Arthur Brown. Of course. A fire guy on a song. Two guys that were made to record together. No joke. No (laughs) joke. And so I I got an email about it and I wrote back and said, I'd love to talk to Steve if he's open to it. I thought this will, then I can knock out all seven Steves and seven (laughs) Stevens. I can, I can impress Dave Sterry. I can accomplish that goal I set my, for myself seven years ago. And yeah, he agreed. So that's how Steve Hillage happened. Do you, does your soul feel rewarded now, John, that you accomplished <laughs> all that? And a little bit sometimes, okay. you know. Does that sometimes. fill the tank to keep going on the Hustle podcast? Uh, not that day, it didn't. Not that day, <laughs> it was kind of a letdown. Not Steve okay. was fine. It's not Steve's fault. He was a trippy oh, guy, no. and Hell yeah. you know, um, some conversations go better than others. But it, uh, I, um, yeah, I did that one for Dave Sterry, basically. There we go. So. Um, anyway, okay. And then after Steve yeah. was Dan Wilson of Semisonic. Yes. Minneapolis guy. Minneapolis guy. They're coming through town here. They're playing Red Rocks with Bare Naked Ladies or headlining, and I've never liked Bare Naked Ladies. And Semisonic oh, really? and one other who's in the middle? Some other bands, nineties band similar to that. I can't remember who it is. And I've thought about seeing if I could get a free ticket, but it's at Red Rocks, and I feel a little guilty asking for free tickets to Red Rock shows. Hmm. But um, anyway, I don't know. But Dan was super nice. One of the takeaways for that one, which shouldn't have surprised me, but it does, is how up-to-date people like Dan are on current songs and pop songs and what's on the radio. This happened similarly with Robbie Neville. I know that's the next recap, but or Shelly Pikin when she was on. Yeah. And these people who make a living as songwriters primarily, of course, they're, I, I mean, it makes sense that they would know what Dua Lipa is doing or Ariana Grande or Doja Cat. Doja Cat or Hozier yeah. or, you know, Lil Uzi. Janelle Monet. I love Janelle Monet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Janelle Monet. It doesn't get much hotter than Janelle Monet. Um, Hold on, I got anyway. the vapors here, Jen. Hold on. I yes, I know. I'm myself. starting to sweat a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, anyway, it makes sense that they would know everything those kinds of people are doing because they have to stay current on writing songs. But it's still, it always just kind of surprises me of how much they know that. And so, of course, Dan, and Dan writes country songs and new wave yeah. songs <laughs> and whatever, you know, pop songs, all of it. He's so gifted. I just think that's, and who would have ever guessed when you're listening to Closing Time yep. that the guy who wrote that and like Secret Smile and everything would go on to be one of the most in-demand songwriters in the world. And he just right. is. Writing for Adele, you know, or the Dixie I want Chicks. that mailbox money. I know, man. So it just, it it doesn't feel like it should make sense. And yet that's what happens. Very, uh, very relaxed Midwestern guy, don't you know? Uh, don't you know? He was, uh, he was kind of your stereotypical uh, Minneapolis guy. You know, really? didn't really seem real, you know, animated. No. You know, he no. was just kind of like, yeah, this is what I do. I'm a songwriter. You know, I yeah. write for Dixie Chicks. You know, yeah, I know. It's uh, it's 
wild to me. I, I guess that, you know, that the temperament has to play a part in it. Like I was saying, I mean, similar to Shelly Pikin or some of the other people that I mentioned, they, if you're no fun to work with or to write with, you're not going to have a career. So you got to be laid back and sort of open hang. to all person. A good hang. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, after Dan was the Alice Cooper book, um, which I don't, I like Alice. You know, it's interesting. I, I've always been sort of like a singles fan of Alice Cooper. I had never, yep. I've known some of the albums, but I'd never gone through from like beginning to end and listened to all of them. And I still didn't, but I listened to most of them. And uh, a lot of them were great. And I was not expecting that. I think Alice, I think Alice suffers, well, suffers probably the wrong word. The thing about Alice is that I think we all know that story. So are there new nooks and crannies and angles and dark corners that you can write about in a book like this? Um, I mean, I'm not even an Alice super fan and I knew most of the book. Don't get me wrong. It's an excellent book. And in fact, (laughs) Pat Francis won that book, which is crazy (laughs) to me. I forgot he was even a Patreon supporter and uh, he has never chimed in wanting anything else, but he wanted this. And I made him promise that it was for him not to give away to somebody else for his podcast. (laughs) And he said it was. So he wanted of all people, but um so so that means that Pat Francis pays either two or five dollars a month, set it and forget it as a hustle podcast uh pay uh not Pantheon Patreon supporter. Patreon, I know, I know, two dollars a month. And I do the same for him. And what's funny about that is no offense, Pat, I haven't listened to Rock Solid in years, and I'm almost <laughs> positive he doesn't listen to my podcast either. We're just helping <laughs> each other out, and we set it years ago and forgot it and here we are so anyway yeah he won that book i'm glad he did the book was really good um but it's almost like alice is so forthcoming with his story we all know about the Mm. chicken on the stage and we know about the drugs and we know about the um you know vaudeville and we know about it's just we know it all and so i don't know what's left of the story to tell but it was a great book when when you hang out with Groucho Marx in yeah. the seventies, that's uh, that's the one piece that always kind of threw me. Yeah. And he was very good friends with his neighbor in the sixties, Mickey Dolans of Ooh, the Monkees. Mickey, yeah, they were neighbors in uh, like Laurel Canyon. And oh, of the, course, because they're Hollywood vampires. Hollywood vampires. There we go. That's right. Yeah, with Harry Nilsson and John Lennon. Oh, that must have been a wild wild no time. Doubt. No doubt. Um, cool. Okay. After that was, uh, Ron Sexsmith. I don't have a lot to say about this one either. He is the least rock car of rock star. (laughs) East rock star that ever rock starred. Really? He's, uh, he's an older guy. He is a unique looking guy. He doesn't draw attention to himself. He's a humble, he's very humble, very Canadian. Yes. Very Canadian. Kind of reflect this they're all sweet and pretty and perfectly crafted and there's no like anger there's no drama there's no guitar solos there's no it's just gorgeousness just throughout and that's him he's just an seems like a very even keeled regular old joe with a talent kind of a a modern day gordon lightfoot very well said yeah you're right that's perfectly said. Yes. 
You know, I'm going to admit I had not heard of Ron Sexsmith before this episode. Really? Yeah. Um, some people swear by him. There are. I don't know if you're. Well, I was just going to say I don't know if you can be a casual Ron Sexsmith fan, but I probably am a casual Ron Sexsmith fan because I yeah. like his stuff, but I don't have every last note of it. But some yeah. people swear by Ron Sexsmith. Think he's the greatest. You know. I, I thought I actually went out to Spotify and listened to some of his songs after that episode. And yeah, I'd be quality songwriter uh, for sure. Over and over. Uh, I felt kind of bad when he came through town to go. Uh, I was gone for spring break and I couldn't see him oh, in concert. Sure. I would, I would have. Was he at the soil dove? Yes, he was at the soil dove. Oh, Hey, yeah. well, that's usually that? the concert venue you go to. So that's, you know, it's funny. I I don't feel like that's the one that I go to the most, but I guess it. I think because it has like big names don't go there. You know, it's yeah. more small. It's smaller and more intimate, and yeah. so the people. It's perfect for the Ron Sexsmiths and the Garrison Stars and the um, oh from October Project. Oh, oh uh, man, the come on. Uh, hey. um... She She's just married. played at Eric's house. Yeah. This is going to kill sad me. sad getting old, John? I'm not even I know. near 50 yet, buddy. You are. <laughs> That's true. Oh, October Project. Come on now. This is going to kill me. Mary Fall. Oh. Jeez. She's not playing your birthday party now either, buddy. No, but this you know what? This episode is not going your way. She'll, she's going to get mad. I wonder if she would, though. I might have to add her to the list. <laughs> she might come play my living room. Anyway, um, yeah, he was great. And he's in the, you know, similar kind of vibe as those people. Now, next up was uh, Sean Dixon from the Soup Dragons. And I got to talk about this one. Oh, yes, please. That was probably, I think that's still our biggest episode of the year. If it's not, it's like top two or three. And Mm -hmm. um, that one took me totally by surprise. Yep. Uh, He, now, I liked you know, those songs that the Soup Dragons did back in the day, but I didn't, I had no expectations for this. I've been pinging him for years to come on and he'll say, yeah, I'm really busy right now. I'll do it later. And uh, then he'll go silent for a year or whatever. And when the new album was coming out, I thought now's the time. And that new album was great, by the way, with David McAlman. And uh, we start talking about his career and everything. And then suddenly just by asking him about the mailbox money of I'm free, <laughs> everything goes really dark, you know, yeah. but not in a scary, ugly way, in a really beautiful way because of the way he's telling his story. He's been screwed mm-hmm. for decades yeah. by the stones and their yeah. lawyers uh, because of that song. And that song is his song. The parts that get sampled, the parts that get played, the parts that get reiterated are his words, his sounds, not the stones, and he doesn't get a penny. And so every time something is out, some travel commercial or whatever is out there playing his bit of intellectual property, uh, he doesn't benefit at all. And that has played a number on his mental health for years now. That on top of coming out later in life as gay and losing your family and your kid at the same time. 
and having to pick up the pieces, your band ends, your marriage ends, not making any money off of this song that's making billions for everybody but me. <laughs> and now I've got to pick up the pieces and create a new life for myself. And it hasn't been easy. And we start, he starts crying about it. And when he starts getting emotional, I start getting emotional. And we have this bond over it. That was one of the most profound experiences of my life. I could not, none of that that I see coming, but it, it happened just out of the yeah. blue, you know? And oh, bless his sure. heart, he he kept like retweeting and telling his listeners about that episode for like a week afterwards. This oh. was one of the biggest things of my I've ever done, best interviews I've ever done. I can't believe how I opened up all the way. And anyway, it was wild. Is So was that really the first time he'd really dive deep into the stones i don't know i um issue i haven't seen him on other podcasts that i listen to so i saw i follow him on twitter and we're facebook friends and stuff like that and i've seen him post about other interviews he did where he touches on it i haven't listened to them or read them so i don't know if we got deeper into the story than they did or i wonder if maybe i just caught him at a moment where he was feeling really emotional and yeah. me empathizing with his emotion face to face on zoom versus me being in a, uh, you know, a professional interviewer who's jotting down notes in my notepad to write, right. you know, for like pull Over quotes for an article or whatever, that yeah. it just made it more of like a personal connective story, but it was so profound. It was a major, yeah. major thing. I think for the both of us, you know, yeah. and, uh, I'm just in shock that it happened. And then they announced recently that they're reforming. The Soup Dragons are reforming and hmm. uh, doing a reunion tour and putting out a new album and all this kind of stuff. I just, I loved him. I wish him the best, you know? It's it's always great to hear a Heritage Act kind of getting the second wind, mm -hmm. you know, 30 years plus now yeah. from his original run. Because uh, you were saying that album was doing well in the UK. It was uh -huh. blowing up. Yeah, and... it was like top 10 in the UK. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny uh, for, you know, because, I mean, he went on for, what, at least 20 minutes about I'm Free. Divine Thing is the song by them that I love better. Really? Yeah. 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 I'd rather listen to, the... no offense, but no, I mean, I'm Free is great too, but uh, Divine yeah. Thing was always the, the favorite song by them that I knew. I uh, almost and then... feel like at this, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, uh, well, no, finish your thought. Well, I was going to say, I feel like uh, I'm Free reminds me almost of like Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones. Yes. In yes. the sense that they were hits, but they've been co-opted by corporations for ads or movie trailers or whatever so much that they don't feel like a song belonging to an artist anymore. They feel like their own commodity, kind of like Walking on <laughs> Sunshine <laughs> or one of these other songs that's a great song, but it gets yeah. played. It's used to elicit a feeling or an idea to sell a product more yes. often than it is to elicit the idea of like remembering the summer of 1990 when it came yeah. out or whatever it was. You know what I mean? So it just feels like it's taken, it's grown its own legs and has its own life without it being just a pop song anymore. You know what just popped into my head as you're explaining that is walk on the wild side. Oh, very close. Yeah. Because Levi's, what was it? 501 jeans. When they came out, they had the, you know, yeah. uh, walk on the wild side was the right. kind of the commercial uh, right. music for I that. I remember. 
Yeah. Wow. I know sometimes these songs, they, uh, they just become so corporatized that they're not really pop songs anymore. Well, when I think of button fly denim jeans, I think of Lou Reed. Who doesn't? Don't yeah. we all? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's, and, uh, and the fact that, that Sean opened up about his uh, current uh, marital status, I, I forget what his husband's name was, but that was a beautiful Mike. story. It was. And we're in beautiful. June here and it's Pride Month. And these yeah. are the type of stories people need to hear because it's so great. You know, it's. Love, uh, love, love is love. Can, yep, you know, and I, I uh, thought you did a great job on that episode. Thank you uh, for saying that. That was, I got lucky because he and I were both in the right headspace that day at that yep. time to have that conversation, and I'm grateful that it's documented forever because that was a big deal for both of us. Okay, yeah. let's burn through the rest of these. Tony Carey. I don't have a lot to say about that one either. He was so cool. Um, he is someone that I've gotten a ton of requests for over the years including jim headley i think it was the first jim if you're i know you're out there hello and uh i reached out to tony years ago and he said yes and then he went silent as they so often do and um but this time he came back and i loved what i loved about him was just that he was just a no nonsense tell it like it is <laughs> i love people like that you know there's no yep. drama they're honest they're forthright about their shortcomings he was just a cool funny great guy and um i thought that story his story was very fascinating because most of us yeah. in the states if you remember him it's for why me with project p or it's um fine fine day and both those were in the early early 80s that was 40 years ago so mm -hmm. who's heard or thought about tony carey in a while and now yeah. we know the story i was really glad about that sure were you were you aware of him I was him? not, but uh, okay. he was he was an interesting dude. <laughs> yeah. And then having moved he, to Germany and being in Germany all these years. Yeah. That's just fascinating. He, he's lived the life. Yes, he has. Yeah, yeah he sure has. Um, okay. After that was John Leckie. Uh, that's another. Mm -hmm. I think that one might be our first or second ep biggest episode of the year. Um, when I read Graham Thompson's Simple Minds book, Theme for Great Cities, last year, and he came on the mm -hmm. show, there were so many names like John Leckie, like Steve Hillage, like Steve Lipson, who mm -hmm. had produced some of these albums that I thought, I want to see if I can get everybody on the show. And at this point, I've gotten most people who have worked with Simple Minds, except for Jim and Charlie from the band themselves. Yeah. And uh, so I set out to get John, and it was one of those things where the list of albums to talk about is days long and uh so we had to kind of hone it down to just some of the the top ones and even that took like two and a half hours i've been listening yeah. to a lot of stone roses lately yeah. and um just to think that he's the guy who masterminded those two albums and um and there's there's just a lot a lot there to unpack with him he was well great. and then then plus the john lennon stuff yeah, yeah. so i know I mean, where else who else is going to give you John Lennon, XTC, Stone Roses, yes. <laughs> Radiohead? Yeah. And there was, uh, I think when I mentioned not a lot of Americans, he was like, hey, I did Los Lobos. You know, what do you oh, want from yeah, me? Yeah. And I'm like, it's true. And I mean, anyway, not many people can say they've touched all of those things, but John Leckie yeah. can. I love that one, too. If only his first name was Steven. It would have I know, then so we'd much. have eight. But I like the sound of seven <laughs> Stevens better than eight Stevens. So it's okay. Maybe it's middle name Steve. No, no, it's uh let me look it up here. 
No, John William Lecky. Sorry. William. What a putz. Uh, okay. After that was the Gina shock deep dive. That was an interesting one. <laughs> that one was recorded the same day as Sean from the Soup Dragons. And Sean and I have this just emotionally wrought experience together. And I'm done and I'm like, I'm I'm part of me is floating because it was so great. And the other part of me is just completely wiped out emotionally from it. And then a couple hours later, I talked to Gina and she's getting emotional about taking care of her parents in their last years. And what yeah. am I going to do with their house? It's back in Maryland and it's got this great wood paneling on the walls. That my dad made himself. Yeah. And if I remodel the house and I rip out all the things that are unique to my parents, and if I sell it, then someone else will own it and they won't care about it. Like I care about it, but yeah. it's just a house sitting there because my parents are dead. And I can relate to so much of that because of my dad and yeah. So we're having this moment too. And uh, it, it was just, and she and I had hit it off so well last year that I thought, I wonder if she'd come back on. And I was assuming she'd pick a Go-Go's album, but she wanted to pick her solo album, which is yeah. a really fun out album. It's super obscure. <laughs> yeah, it's out of print. Yeah. It's hard to find. And um, it was really difficult for me to even find a lot of background information on it. She hadn't listened to it for years. It's probably right. a good thing we got on the, tangent about her parents because if we had just stuck to talking about the album it would have been over in like 20 minutes she's holding yeah. it and she's like oh yeah i forgot uh who did play guitar on that i don't know yeah i really should have listened to this before we talked so i could tell you some more <laughs> stories about it it was and marshall uh, crenshaw played on it yeah marshall crenshaw and yeah. it's so interesting so i have this facebook friend who's one of our listeners her name's shay zero and Shay is not from Utah, but she lives in Utah. And every time I'm out there, we always mean to meet up. And we've never, every time I'm there, I'm like wall to wall with family and plans. And we haven't been able to do it. But she, she's a singer songwriter. and She's out there. She started out in LA in the late 70s, early 80s. And she was friends with the Go-Go's. And I've known this for a while. I know every time someone, not every time, but a lot of the times people will come on the show and she'll be like, oh, I, you so-and-so and I used to hang out together and we were in a band in 1982 and then they left and formed the cult or whatever. And uh, <laughs> so she, um, to have Gina mention that one of the songs on there was written with Shay and right. I didn't know that was coming and me yeah. being like, that's my Facebook friend. I know Shay, you know, uh, that was a fun surprise. Anyway, uh, I'm glad we did that one. Yeah, was I was shocked was at how ill-prepared she was to talk about it as well if she picked it she did and it was her album now granted it was 35 years ago yeah um but still and and i have to tell you john uh gina shock was probably like my third favorite mm. go-go maybe fourth mm -hmm. you know i would say she was probably my third too and since you've you know talked to her last year and now this year uh she's moved up Same. Like she's like yeah, one or two here. She's <laughs> yes. great. I yes. mean, she's willing to go there and talk about all this stuff with you and get uh -huh. emotional. And and the thing she was saying, like you were just talking about your dad. My mom passed away uh, in mm -hmm. 2015, and I still have some of her stuff here in my office. That's kind yeah. of uh, family mementos, and and some of its collectible stuff that she collected. <laughs> and I've been thinking about selling it, and for whatever reason, I in eight years I have not sold it. Yeah, um, it's tough. So. When my dad died, we, um, I think I already mentioned this, but my folks for probably 30 years have been paying for a storage locker 
full of stuff. And all their uh, Osmond family. Yeah, right. All the Osmond, you know, Merrill's uh, (laughs) high school graduation photos. Um, What's interesting, though, is that when they when my dad died, they opened that storage container or storage, whatever, for the first time in decades, literally. And it's largely full of. I know they've been paying like 30 bucks a month or whatever on it for years and never go look at, they didn't even have the keys. In fact, I think (laughs) the guy who owned the storage thing had to like cut off the deadbolt because no one had keys to open it. When they did that, it was full of stuff from when my mom's parents died back in the eighties. And so now that stuff went from the, that storage locker to my mom's garage because she still doesn't know what to do with stuff that from her parents that have been gone since 1987 or something like that, you know? Now, and her parents had stuff from their parents. So that's it. That's it. I know great grandparents stuff is sitting. I know you're laughing, but it's not wrong. If she throws that stuff away. Yep. That's the end. Yes. Because the only thing left of her parents, my grandparents are memories and an oral history, you know, passed down by people who knew them and my mom is 77 years old or something like that and so when she dies and my aunt her sister marcia dies that'll be that it'll be just us you know the grandkids and then when we die that's it there's nothing so you throw this stuff away and you're throwing away someone's life and it's heavy you know when you think about it like that what's your, your mom's name marilyn marilyn yeah Wow, you're good, dude. Well, she she likes a lot of your your hustle mm-hmm, podcast posts. So She's very supportive. Does she ever listen to an episode? Does she know so. a Gina Shock episode? No, I don't think so. They, she and my dad claimed to listen to a few early on, but I don't. I never believed it. But my mom is the best. My mom is that person who, if you liked something, she did her very best to be into it too, so she could ask you about it and talk to you about it and support you and everything. My mom's the greatest person that has ever lived. I'm convinced uh, of it. Absolutely. Shucks. I know. And uh, okay, last few. Dead, Rodney yes. Anonymous from the Dead Milkman. Like I, I should be, I'm going to be careful with this story because I know he listens to our podcast now. So Rodney Anonymous was recommended to me by John Pasden of the band Off-Broadway, which was, I think, our number 53 episode or something like that. Uh, actually, I think that was 51. No, I don't know. Was it? You would probably know. I don't, I don't know it the might numbers. might have even been in the 30s. He was the guy. Dave Steary liked him and recommended him. <laughs> he came on early on, and he told this crazy story about backing up Chuck Berry, and John was the oh, best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And John, hold on. I'm going to cough again. Let me mute. Okay. We're going we're gonna to get some uh, Rodney Anonymous stories here. There you go. He's a fa- okay. he's a fan of the monkeys and Michael Nesmith. I he, I yes. loved him from that moment on. I loved Rodney too. So John said you should get one of the dead milkmen on the show. That would be a blast. I had heard an interview around that time. I think on maybe Revenge of the Eighties. I'm not sure with one of them. I don't know if it was Rodney or the one who sang Punk Rock Girl. I'm blanking on his name now. All of a sudden. Anyway, whoever it was. They were sort of in character still. Mm-hmm. And I found it kind of exhausting. And I thought <laughs> if I do like a full inter- hour long interview with this guy, I'm going to lose my mind because they're going to be like this hyperactive, amped up, you know, Tasmanian devil <laughs> child of 
stuff. And I'm, I'm the guy who likes to get introspective and get real and it's, I'm going to be exhausted. And I said to John, I heard an interview with one of them recently and it just wore me right out. And he's like, that's why it would be so fun. You should do it. And so I tried reaching out to the website and I never heard back. And, yeah. but I've never liked the David Sterry thing. I've never forgotten this. And so <laughs> recently I thought, you know, John challenged me to talk to Rodney once and I'm going to do it. And Rodney replied and he was so great. And we yeah. hit it off and I still hear from him. He'll recommend some of his friends to come on the show or he'll send me a song that he really likes. And uh, he was excellent. And it was not at all what I thought it was going to be. He hold, was, hold yes, on. he's like over caffeinated and hyper and stuff, <laughs> but in a good way, not in an exhausting way. What were you I got to do a, a John Lamo response here. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes. I am so, so that, transparent. That's awesome. So he's yeah. he's sending you guest suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I need to next time I have like a a little bit of a break. I've got five interviews. Well, four now in this this week. So there's a lot going on. But anyway, I um yeah, he he and I hit it off. He was so fun and so much more, like I said, introspective and honest. Yeah. I just like when people are real and they're they put the character down and they they put their guards down and they just talk for real and he was absolutely like that and that's not what i thought he would be and so i am so glad we had that conversation plus i've always loved that band and he agreed to come back on we're going to do a deep dive of their debut album big lizard in my backyard and um so anyway i that one took me totally by surprise and i'm so glad that i did it and listened to john pasden way back when um okay two left the Donnie Iris book. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Uh, the author, DX Ferris, co- goes by Ferris, yep. sent it to me, and I love Donnie Iris. And this yeah. thing is gigantic. This book <laughs> is like a, t- it's reminding me of like a textbook, like a, yeah. like a chemistry textbook you would have to memorize in college. It was huge. And I thought, <laughs> this for Donnie Iris, a-, a guy who's known for like a couple of hits. And it takes a little bit, but once you start reading the book and you get totally, because it's like an oral history, yeah. you get really sucked into people's literal personalities. Not, you know, you're not, it's not a tiring read of like, oh, here we are again. It's more, you're getting really involved in people's personalities and their histories. And eventually you start getting into Donnie and Mark Absek and the other guys in the band. And you really, I, I read most of the book while we were on vacation in Hawaii you know, whenever it would rain and it's like, well, we're not going out to the beach. I guess we'll stay at home for a little while or everyone else wants to go somewhere that I don't want to go. Yeah. I just lay on the bed and read my Donnie Iris book until it's time to go back to the beach. It was great. It's a lot, but it was great. So anyway, I uh, can't remember who won the Donnie Iris book, but I'm glad they did. Anyway. So did it start back with like the rapper when uh-huh. he was doing that back in the oh, yeah. 60s? Oh, the so it was... Full retrospective. Oh, wow. Full retrospective. Every album went deep, track yep. by track on every album. <laughs> the story, which I love that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So they would, you know, a new chapter would be the next Donnie Iris album. And they would go, he and Mark would go deep on the creation of that album and then the tour. And then Donnie and Mark would go, they'd go track by track and give their remembrances of each song. And Mark huh. being the hyper 
uh, self-critical one is, oh, I never liked this one or I didn't do very well. And Donnie being the real laid back guy was like, oh, that was great. I've always liked that song. Anyway, it ended up being super fascinating, but it was just a giant book that I was not expecting. Well, now Donnie Iris, uh, you know, ventured off into the real estate market like in the 90s. Mm hmm. And we start, you know, started selling homes. So then the last half of the book was, did he do a review of all the homes he sold? Like <laughs> that, that two, that split level house on 223 oh. Elmhurst Drive, that <laughs> bad boy. No, but that would have been funny. I do think he, um, I think he was more in like the mortgage side of things than he was oh, like a real okay. estate agent. Okay. One of our listeners, Steve Sundrum, Sundstrom. Steve, I'm sorry. Uh, we we correspond, and now I'm suddenly saying your last name wrong. He also, I believe, lives in Utah. Jesus, um, I know, I know. You got to move there or something. Uh, Wait, all the people cool kids what, do it. people move to Utah? Oh yeah, yeah. It's just not a one way ticket. No, out to, in fact, uh, oh. uh, it's slowly becoming less and less Mormon and more Gentile, which ah. is uh, you know kind of more appealing maybe to regular people normal people anyway steve went out to ohio to like a big reunion show that i wanted to go to and i didn't go anyway um i'm so jealous donnie's one of maybe i'll have donnie come play my house Ooh. maybe he'll come play my birthday i'll give him a thousand bucks Oh, Joe. <laughs> maybe he'll wear the yellow suit Ooh. um okay last one nick kershaw and henry priestman i have to cough again hang on together again coming okay there we go there we go john's been um, nick is another one of the most requested guests we get yep. um i wanted this to happen for a long time and then when i got him i only got him for a half hour that was barely enough to scratch the surface what's frustrating about this is that after that first wave of interviews which i was a part of he did another he did subsequent rounds of interviews and they were longer and so it was almost by being I didn't want to miss my window, so I hopped on it immediately. If I had known that if I had waited a month or two, I could have had like a full hour, I probably would have, but whatever. It worked out. He did, fine. He did four hours with Pat Francis. Oh, please don't say that. No. Did no. he? Okay. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know if Pat would even know who Nick Kershaw is, to be honest. Oh, I'm sure he would. Uh, maybe a song or two. That's not really his wheelhouse. Um, but anyway, Nick was great for what little time I got with him. And then Henry Priestman was like the funniest, nicest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, a lot of bands that probably don't mean much of anything here in the States, but I've always thought the band he was in, the Christians, yep. were a really interesting group. They made some really interesting music that I wanted to understand better. I had thought over the years of reaching out to one of the Christians to have on, but I thought... I don't know if my any American listeners will care about this at all, but I think their story is interesting. Turns out I got the one guy not named Christian from the band, but whatever. I got to cover that and everything else he does. He was a super nice guy. Isn't uh, the Christians made up of mostly of uh, Buddhists? <laughs> I don't That's... know what they are. Oh, I just know their last names are Christians. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, but anyway, pretty cool. He was such a nice, but and he kept calling himself a ginge. Which I've heard that term. Other, <laughs> I guess that's what British people call British people with red hair, or ginger. Yes, and uh, I love well that. ginger spice, John. Come on, ginger baker. Yeah, I know, but I don't. Uh, but they use it as like a term of endearment, you know. Or he'll yeah, yeah. when he's 
making fun of himself. He'll call himself a ginge, and I think that's hilarious. So anyway, I'm sorry to everybody that I finally got Nick Kershaw on the show, and it wasn't as long as we hoped. I'm bummed about it too, but whatever. I thought it was pretty good, and Henry Priestman was super-duper nice. So, yeah. all right. I think that's everybody. I think that's everything. I think that's it. Did we so, miss anything? Uh, Are there any lingering yeah. thoughts? No. So uh, Yan is due back this this week. Okay. So I have sent the... him everything for the Tuesday episode. Hopefully, it will come out. Hopefully, more than anything, I just hope the guy doesn't. It's mostly for. I mean, he posts the episodes at like four o'clock in the morning, his time. Yeah. And. I just think you can't possibly want that, you know, can't you, do you not want to start a little earlier or can I do anything to make it easier for you? And I know he's a night owl. I know, I mean, I'm a night owl too. So I, I get it. I just feel guilty, you know, and I don't want him to, I want him to treat himself better. And so I just, what can we do to make it easier for you? Yan, So you don't feel so burnt out and you're not every week. You're like, well, I'm not going to get any sleep tonight because I got to do the, podcast and hey trust me i've been there i post these facebook links buddy <laughs> i know you do the stockholm <laughs> syndrome thing where's a brother <laughs> out let me tell you <laughs> john can i go home well i am home but john yeah. can i leave my basement <laughs> office now i've posted in 50 facebook groups <laughs> no uh, uh, I, I think everyone who i've ever met and has asked about yon uh, Yan has always uh, have been grateful that he's uh, part of the equation here. Absolutely. So. I mean, it wouldn't happen without him. That's why we. Oh, hell. Approach this left 50, to your 50. devices, John. You'd still be working on episode one like me. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I, I uh, it just gives me so much anxiety to figure. I just have too much going on to figure out how to do all this by myself. That's yes. why so many of our friends who do do it theirs by themselves get burnt out and stop, you know? Yeah. So anyway, um, well, thanks for doing this buddy with me and, um, anytime brother. so long, but well, at this rate, we'll do the second quarter in uh, September. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I am serious. What I meant though, like I, like I was saying, <laughs> if you have a better idea of whether, if we should continue to do things like this, if they should be structured differently, handled differently, you like them the way they are, wish you rather they just went away. Any ideas you have, any feedback, please provide it because I am burnt out by them, yeah. but I'm mostly burnt out because A, I hate the sound of my own voice. And yeah, I hate B, your voice too. I know, I'm sure you do. And B, I just think, huh. can't find, there it is. And because people can't, possibly think this is interesting but if that if you do then tell me and i'll keep doing them uh i as a, as a listener i find it interesting to get the inside baseball uh background info on what went or didn't go well or yeah. now you're getting guest suggestions from rodney that's so awesome yeah and uh yeah it's interesting stuff man it is um and maybe it's maybe it means more when there's more. I mean, this was a pretty drama-free group, you know, yeah. for the most part. So there's not a lot of like behind-the-scenes stuff to share or real thoughts to share. But yeah. um, sometimes there is. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to turn off the recorder here in a second, 
and uh, that'll be that. Then I'm going to post this in a minute, okay? We're uh, we're coming in just at about two hours, according to my clock. It looks like mm, me too. Me too. No. Uh... So hello, all you dog walkers and uh, people uh, transcribing <laughs> stuff. Who's the transcriber guy? There's a, the a listener. There's a he's a he's like a transcriber. You know where they uh, like court stenographer. Yeah. Um, he's ooh, not coming I just to the fifth like birthday party either. I feel like Man, I just... you're losing listeners like a motherfucker. I know I am. It's, I will say when you said the dog walker it reminds me of Joe Powers. He's one of our listeners, and he he plays music league with me. And he's like, "Look, I'm about to I'm about to walk the dog. If we could get this next <laughs> playlist up here soon, I'd love it." Um, People on treadmills. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, hey, treadmillers, um, stair climbers. You know, yeah, all of them. road trippers, light people flying travelers whatever it is people riding the uh the metro watch the gap watch Mm. the gap that's that's right yeah yeah all those people out there it's crazy to think about you all i'm grateful for you all oh Um, and we need to mention we're we're closing in on the elusive one million oh yeah 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 you're right um we are as of right now what maybe twenty thousand away I think that's the last time I looked. It was uh, yeah, twenty one thousand downloads from one million. So, so listeners, you've done your your best here the last eight years of downloading these episodes. Why don't you download them all again? That off would whatever be great. Five hundred and sixty eight or whatever it is. Five ninety two. Jesus, I know. I know. When uh, you count all the bonus stuff, it comes to five ninety two. Yeah. yeah. Um. That would be great. And I, speaking of Yan, he bought some really fantastic gifts to give away when we hit a million, oh. like a signed record and some other stuff. And um, so there are gifts involved. And I think I threw this out but, there as a challenge. But only before. for Patreon supporters, $2 a month. Ooh, that might it, be, forget you it. might be right there. You might be right there. Yeah. Or be a, a be like me and, you know, pony up the five bucks a month and get then the. Then you contribute, uh, which you never actually do. Well, once in a while you'll contribute. But that's the thing well, that I, I don't quite understand is that we have. We have a bunch of $2 a month. Pay, we have a bunch of Patreon supporters. Yeah. But when I'm giving stuff away, only like half a dozen people will say they want something. Yeah. And I think, well, there's like 10 times that amount. Why doesn't everyone chime in that they want it for free? Are you not checking your email? I'm not sure. Uh, they they download the episode and they listen to it two weeks later. And they go, ah, I'm supposed That's to do it by true. last Saturday. I tell you. That's probably true. You're probably right. So anyway, uh, coming up, by the way, um, there's a lot of indie rock the next couple of months. Um, a lot of nineties focused stuff, not entirely, but, um, that's what is kind of on the docket. You're taking a while. break from the UK, UK new waivers. What? I didn't say they weren't UK bands from the nineties. Oh. Well, it's... you, UK 80 new wave bands is your sweet spot, John. There's not a lot left, dude. I've no, talked to you've... everyone I can think of. I mean, I've said this before. The only people left are the people who have never agreed to talk to me but then i say that and then a trevor horn finally opens up or whatever you know daryl mcdaniels dmc comes DMC down the pipe. finally opens up i mean Gina one Shock of these, comes along yes 
one of these days, maybe Johnny Marr will talk to me or <laughs> you Kirk never Smith know or Green Guard side or whatever. I mean, I'm still waiting for all these people, but I've been waiting for years. Nana Cherry, Anita Baker. Give um, me an old Osmond, any Osmond. I will take any Osmond at this point. That's right. You know, you'll take the third cousins by now. I will. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just give me an Osmond. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully it's still worth everyone's time. All right. Yes. I'm going to turn this off. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Andy.